Welcome back to the Breaking the Plane podcast, episode two. I'm here with Joe Sher and Kojak. I am Burge. We're excited to be back with you here to record episode two. We got a lot of good content coming in for you. It was quite an eventful week in the NFL, especially for the three of us. Um, we're all Patriots fans, so we'll get into that in a little bit. Guys, how was your week? Uh, I want to die, boom. Oh, sorry. I jumped <laughs> no, the gun there. Yeah, no, I want to die, boom. Who's boom? Joe, Joe oh, how man. you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, as a football fan, great weekend of football. Kind of pumped to talk about a couple things that I was right about. But also, uh, yeah, I am deeply saddened by the state of my favorite football team. Uh, there's not really, not really much else to say besides the fact <laughs> that I am dejected and hurt as a Patriots fan. Um, yeah, just looking at the box score, it just says zero. <laughs> it's just so bad. Absolutely. I'm still sitting here sporting the jersey from Andre Stevenson Reds. Kind of love it. Kojak, how are you doing today? I wish I was doing a lot better, but you know what? <laughs> My Celtics started at a good time, so I'm doing great. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, thank God that game started like right after the pass was over. Absolutely. Well, hey, Joe, I just want to say happy wedding, second wedding anniversary. I got to throw that yeah. out there. I saw oh, that on go. Twitter today. I got to throw that out there. Congrats for making it for two years. Thank you. And She's uh, a saint. Yeah, <laughs> she puts up with you. She's got to be. <laughs> I don't know how she does. <laughs> Bless her soul. Yeah, right. No kidding. Well, let's keep uh... up with the kid. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, man. Uh, well, what do you say? Let's let's get into it here. You know, we got we got a lot of stuff to get into. Let's not waste the time with our random bullshit in here. Um, let's start off with the Sunday night football game from this past week that featured the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. It was a bit of a blowout. I I, I didn't expect it. Um Obviously, we knew what the San Francisco 49ers were, and we saw what the Dallas Cowboys did to the Patriots last week with blowing them out. But what a game. What a game. Uh, Lots to talk about from that. Uh, my fantasy team loved Christian McCaffrey in that game. I ended, yeah. up lo- I ended up losing by two points because the 49ers were ahead by so much. McCaffrey yeah. and uh, I think it was Debo Samuel I had. They ended up, they were off the field in the fourth quarter. They were off the field in the fourth quarter, and I lost by two freaking points, man, because the Dallas Cowboys decided not to show up. Joe, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, I remember we talked about last week um, the Patriots and Cowboys game, the uh, saying more about the Patriots than it did about uh, the Cowboys. There was a couple other games where we were kind of dissecting who the uh, game says more about, and I think this game, even though I love to hate on the Cowboys, this game says more about the Niners. Um, I have a note here that says, uh, I'm not hundred percent sure that Brock Purdy is hundred percent a game manager. Um, I think that some of the coverage is getting away, um, getting kind of out of control, but, uh, I think that he's doing things that are outside of the system. He's making decisions and making plays, uh, with his arm that are kind of outside of the system. And uh, this is kind of what a uh, what what sports and what athletics looks like when you uh, have a perfect scheme with the perfect players within the scheme. Um, it's just it's beautiful to watch. And the greatest thing is besides um, besides McCaffrey, every single player on that offense is homegrown. So it's kind of cool to see. Absolutely. You know, and you know, I had some reservations about Brock Purdy uh, coming into the season this year, you know, training camp with Trey Lance, the, the battle going on. I mean, it not wasn't much of a battle. Let's be real. Um, 
But, you know, the guys come in, dude. All that guy does is win. He wins, and he's effective when he wins. I mean, you look at his numbers from this game against Dallas Cowboys, who have a pretty good defense. They have, a, you know, a pretty, pretty solid front seven. They got a good secondary. I know they lost Trayvon Diggs to injury, but they still got Stephon Gilmore back there. Dude, 17 of 24 for 252 and four TDs. That's mm. it's about as perfect as it comes. All right. Yes, he's got a lot of talent around him. George Kittle came back in this game with, you know, his three catches for three touchdowns. All right. Mm-hmm. You, you add CMC in the backfield. You add Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel as your wide receivers. I mean, that's an offense filled with talent. That doesn't even start to get into talk about their defense. All right. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. We I don't know when are we going to stop calling him Mr. Irrelevant. I know he was the last pick in the draft, but I mean, let's just, let's just be honest. He's not irrelevant. He is a legitimate quarterback in this league. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, you put any quarterback in that, in that offense, they're going to have the same success. I don't believe that. You They'll have, have success, but not what they're doing right now. No, exactly. You got to have that right mental mindset. You got to have the skill set and you got to have the buy-in. You got to have the mental mm. buy-in to buy into what's going on there. And they're rolling on all cylinders right now. And, you know, I, I like watching this 49ers team. I'm, I'm a fan. They're not, who I want to see win the Super Bowl this year, but if they do win, I'm not going to be one person that's going to be upset about it. And mm. you know, they're they're just rolling right now. And you know, anytime your your starters can come out early in the fourth quarter is an absolute win for your for your team. It's 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 incredible. Yeah. And I think that I was I was watching Dak a little bit, dude, and it's like it's crazy. I don't know, like he hasn't like he never looks comfortable in the pocket. Like he never looks like like he can put up some numbers, and he's there's a lot of talent on that team. So I think that sometimes he can play he could play point guard and kind of just let other guys make the play. But like, dude, I don't know. He's sometimes he just he just strikes me as kind of like a middle of the road quarterback who's just like a product of what's around him. And when the scheme and the players around him aren't performing at a high level. Um, it's going to be tough for him. Like, um, I think the offensive line struggles Dallas is having right now, coupled with the fact that obviously the Niners have like an unbelievable front seven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, just watching Fred Warner. Uh, is it is his first name Fred War- yeah. Warner, number 54, yeah, run with Brandon Cooks on that crossing route? It's just like there's, I don't know, there's a way to build a team, and the 49ers have like figured out the way to do it. Like, they, they pay who they need to pay. They figure out what they need to figure out. They 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 get players that kind of like fit exactly what they're trying to do. And like last year at the trade deadline, when they go get CMC, like they're like, okay, we're like rolling with a backup quarterback. We're rolling with a second, like a seventh round pick. So like we need to like go ahead and like grab like a dual threat running back, like a scat back to make it easier on them. CMC's had a little bit of a revival, I would even say, yeah. since he's been traded there. I mean, CMC was always hurt, it seemed like. In, in, uh, I was just going to say, funny how he can stay on the field yeah. when he's on a really good team. Yeah, right? Like, he's fighting through it, and he's he, he hasn't lost a step. He's getting a little bit older for, you know, a running back. I think he's I think he's getting up to be, like, 20, 28 years old now. 27. He's going to be 38 this year. He's, th- he's going to be 28 wow, this year. Wow, he's that young. Okay. Yeah, and he's still doing, he's still doing it. He, and he's a multi, like you said, a multi-threat back. Going back to Dak Prescott, he strikes me as the kind of quarterback that just he echoes like Jekyll and Hyde. Like there's weeks where he looks really, mm. good, really, really good and elite. And then there's other weeks when he just looks completely subpar. And like, mm. I don't know if it's 
the defenses and the defensive coordinator scheming up a plan for him every week, you know, when he looks like that. But Dallas's offense was completely inept in this game. They couldn't run the ball and they couldn't throw the ball. And it's, offensive line still kind of banged up. Yeah, they're banged up with Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, those guys, you know, those all pros that they that they've had trouble keeping on the field. But you look at the receiving talent. I mean, you have CD Lamb. One, of, in, in my opinion, he's one of the more talented ride receivers in the league. I would put him way up there. I got him on, I think, two or three fantasy teams this year. And, Out of your you know, seven, Brandon Brandon Cooks is a number two on that team. Brandon Cooks on a lot of teams in the NFL probably could still play that fringe number one kind of that kind of guy. So yeah, Tony Pollard's not, nothing to sweat sweat about in that backfield. But you know, it just seems like. That you know they 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 got blown out by the Cardinals. They come in, they blow out the Patriots, and then they get blown out on in prime time against Sunday Night Football. It's it's typical Cowboys. You know they they yeah. have the talent, and they just they they wet themselves in the biggest moments. Yeah, uh, Dak is starting to look more, a little bit more like Kirk Cousins every day. It's like yeah. all like legitimate stats, but then as soon as you like turn the bright bright lights on, and as soon as you get into like a must have it kind of mode, like it's not very pretty. I mean, they're probably going to be a playoff team, uh, the Cowboys. I mean, I'm not going to write them out of the playoffs at this point. They ain't winning that division. Philly's going to run away with it, in my opinion. Yeah. But they're going to they're going to make the playoffs, and they're you're probably going to see a lot of the same stuff. I mean, they got Mike McCarthy as a head coach who you know has his moments where he looks really good, but again, you go back to his time in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, they always wet themselves in the biggest moment, and mm. you can put that on Aaron Rodgers. But Mike McCarthy had a hand in that too. He calls the offensive plays, so. It's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys respond to this. Um, you know, they got they got a big game on Monday night coming up this week against the Chargers on the road. I, I'm going to be watching that game, hope, hoping to see what kind of response that they have. Again, you know, they responded after their blowout to the Cardinals against a bad Patriots team. And, you know, we'll see what they do against against L.A. next week. Let's move on to another game that I, I watched. I watched uh, with a close eye because of my hatred towards the Buffalo Bills. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills over across the pond at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, England. The Jacksonville Jaguars prevailed in that game, and I was very happy to see that, although there was some scary moments as uh, we were talking about in our chat, you know, me and Kojak going back and forth saying, what the F is going on here? like in the last few minutes, but you know, Jacksonville came out and they, they kind of punched Buffalo in the mouth a little bit early on in that game. Obviously there were some injuries on the defensive side of the ball for, for Buffalo. Matt Milano went down, probably lost for the year. I haven't seen any updated reports on that as of our recording tonight, but he seemed to suffer a pretty significant knee injury. Um, it just seemed like a lot of those Buffalo guys, when I was watching the game, they were just dropping like flies. And I don't know if it was the turf that they put into that stadium because they did switch from grass to turf before the game. Um, but Jacksonville ends up prevailing. I'm a happy guy. I was a happy guy until about one o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, the thing that struck me the most in that game was the – I don't want to say ineptitude, but the the lack of play from the Jaguars offensive line, they were getting Trevor Lawrence back there killed. And when Trevor Lawrence had his time and Travis Etienne had his time back there, 
to you know make their plays. They were they were making plays in chunks. But there were some costly turnovers from Jacksonville in that game in critical moments in the red zone that because Trevor Lawrence gets hit, fumbles the ball, gets turns it over, you lose you lose out on points in that. So there's still some concern for me for Jacksonville after watching that game. But anytime I see the Buffalo Bills lose and Josh Allen chuck up a you want to call it I had some friends come at me of calling that a 50-50 ball, but you know, you're down, you're chucking it up, you're trying to go for the home run, making an ill-advised underthrown ball gets picked off. Uh, you sign me up for that. Sign me up for that all week because I, I will be on Twitter going at all those Bills fans when that happens. Joe, what do you think about that game? Uh, once I'm referencing last week again, but I remember we uh, emphasized how it's kind of like the Josh Allen show up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to bring your attention to the rushing stats for your uh, Buffalo Bills. 14 <laughs> rushes for 29 yards. Four rushes for 14 yards by your quarterback, and then you had three rushes for 13 yards by Damian Harris. They rushed the ball 14 times for less than 30 yards. It, you, it's very unless <laughs> unless unless it's a legitimate shootout and you're scoring and not throwing interceptions, that's going to be a recipe for disaster. Um, especially when you have the other team who's um, has a running back going for like 120 plus yards and being a, a legitimate dual threat. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, Jacksonville is they kind of like you were talking about the Cowboys being Jekyll and Hyde. Jacksonville's kind of the same way. Sometimes mm-hmm. they look so good. Their passing game could be so good. They have a lot of uh, legitimate pass casters. Calvin Ridley with another uh, another really really good game, uh, starting to look like one of the best offensive uh, one of the best acquisitions of the offseason. Um, yeah, I think that ETN finally hits the ground like they need it. They need him to. I think Trevor Lawrence made some plays in this game, fumbling the ball three times and losing it twice is very concerning uh, given how much like they kind of have to put on his shoulders. Um, But I think that this team's buying in. I think that uh, if anything, um, their coach has like figured out. Peterson has figured out Peterson how to, how to use, use all his Peterson. Why is 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 yeah, I'll echo that. I mean, you know, they are very Jekyll and Hyde, and you know, Doug Peterson does does have his have his ways with with calling the offensive plays. It was interesting to see when this happened, um, watching Doug Peterson call offense against the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, calling the defense. Um, one thing that struck me the most when watching this game was how when. Jacksonville got into like a third and long. And when I say third and long, six yards or more, it seems like Calvin Ridley was always open. He always found a way to get himself open there. And, you know, good players find their ways to get that, that shit to work. You know what I'm saying? Like Calvin Ridley always was there and Trevor Lawrence always found him. Something is clicking between those two. And it will be very interesting to see if that continues throughout the year. And, you know, seeing Calvin Ridley do that aggravates me for other reasons. We'll get into that, you know, once we start talking about 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 the Patriots, you know, coming up here in a little bit. Um, But 
he, he always found a way to get open. You can attribute it to injuries on the on the the defensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills. You can you can attribute it to whatever you want. But when push came to shove and they needed a play, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley made that play happen. And you know it continued. It continued throughout the game, and it seemed like every time they were backed up and they needed a big play, they found it. It's incredible to see that. And you know they got they got they got a lot of playmakers on that offense. When Calvin Ridley wasn't open, Christian Kirk was catching balls. Travis Etienne was catching balls out of the backfield. Evan Ingram had four receptions in this game. And you know Zay Jones before he got hurt had a big touchdown catch in that game. So. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes, and you know, going forward again, I buy into the Jekyll and Hyde hype against you know when it comes to talking about Jacksonville, they 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 do. I, I believe they uh, they they play the Indianapolis Colts next week, a big divisional matchup, and you know you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes from there. You know, and uh, I really do believe that Jacksonville is going to win that division. They were my pick to win that division to begin with. I have some friends that are Jaguars fans, believe it or not. And they they seem to have the Buffalo Bills number. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but he he tweeted it out. Uh, my buddy uh, John Thomas at struck you tw- struck you out 12 on Twitter. Uh, big Jacksonville Jaguars guy. And they, they, they're not worried about the Buffalo Bills. And I wouldn't be worried about them either. They have their own Josh Allen to worry about. And again, while we're talking about Josh Allen, we can talk about, you know, the officiating in this game and a questionable, probably by the book, a penalty, but a questionable roughing the passer call that occurred uh, where he grazed the quarterback, Josh Allen's face mask on a beautiful tackle, a beautiful sack. And, it was flagged. So I, there was a lot to take away from this game in London. It seemed like, you know, the guys over in England or the guys and the gals over in England um, seemed to get themselves a great, a great spectacle, especially as the game came down the stretch. Kojak, you and I were going back and forth about, uh, you know, watching the end of that game on, on Twitter about like, oh, the game's over. What the fuck is happening? Like at the end of the game, Josh Allen goes down the field and like three or four plays goes 75 yards and scores a touchdown. We're like, are the Buffalo Bills really going to lose this game? Or I'm sorry. Are they really going to come back and win this game? And I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. And Kojak, I don't know if you have any thoughts about how, how, how that went down. You know, you and I go back and forth on Twitter watching it. It was kind of, kind of crazy to see how quick the Buffalo Bills went down the field and how, how soft the Jaguars defense was playing at that point. Yeah, that's what like annoyed me the most is they they were just three and out, three and out like the whole like second, third quarter, and then there was like four minutes left in the game, and the Bills were like, "All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and start playing football." This shit really pissed me off. I hate that shit. I really, <laughs> I hate do, the dude. Buffalo Bills, man. I hate them. No, hate you them. love them. Stop lying. <laughs> Just annoy the shit out of me. It's like you guys are obviously a hell of a lot, but you get, you're going three and out all the time, and then all, and then all of a sudden, it's four minutes left in the game, and you're it takes you three plays to go a hundred fucking yards and score. Just I don't know, dude. I hate that shit. I'm glad they <laughs> lost. Fuck the Bills. 
They're so friggin' dude. Am I back? Am I officially back? You're good. You're, oh, you're good. Back, you're good. Right. We had a little bit of audio technical technical difficulties there, but uh, Joe is back. Go. All right. I'll give everybody a hundred bucks if that's not the only time. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the Bills are like we said before. I'll keep it short. Like it's like we said before, it's the Josh Allen show, or it's not. It, there's no show at all. I think the Jaguars are a young developing team that I think that <clears throat> they're going to go as far as their young quarterback and that passing game is going to take them. And I think that as soon as Trevor Lawrence starts like taking care of the ball a little bit more, they're going to be they're going to be a lot better off. Absolutely, absolutely. Stefan needs needs to relax also. No, no, no. He he had. Let's 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 talk about that for a second. We, I don't know if any. If, you know, I just hate. Listeners... I just hate that shit. So you're they a poor athlete. Stop having a fucking temper tantrum on the side of the fucking. They are, they are divas. All uh. right, they are divas. At least he didn't throw the tablet at him like Daybaugh did at friggin' Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know what we're, refer- what we're referencing, there was a, a clip on uh, on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. I still call it Twitter, but. Um, there was a clip floating around during that game where Stefan Diggs was watching film of a play that happened and he chucked the tablet, looked very, very animated, aggravated on the sidelines. And Josh Allen in the background kind of just looking at him. And I personally, I don't know the true backstory behind that, but Stefan Diggs had just broken himself wide open. They had busted the defense and Josh Allen underthrew the ball to him where there was not a receiver with or a defender within 10 yards of Stefan Diggs. And obviously Stefan Diggs gets tackled, doesn't go the distance. And I think Stefan Diggs was pissed at his quarterback for not leading him on that throw. And I, and I get that, you know, we talked a little bit about this offline where quarterback obviously is harder to play than receiver in the NFL. I think we all agree on that, but if Josh Allen throws that ball better, that's six points for 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 Stefan Diggs easily. And it was the same thing on the interception that 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 Josh Allen threw, where Stefan Diggs had probably two or three steps on the defender, and Josh Allen underthrew the ball and it ended up turning into a 50-50 ball for for Stefan Diggs to go up and get. Obviously, he didn't come down with it. He was very close, but he didn't come down with it. So I I in that sense, I can understand a receiver's frustration where, like, dude, I just did all the work to beat my guy and get wide the fuck open for you. And you underthrow it, and I get tackled where we could our team could have had six points. So where it comes to Stefan Diggs, I, I I kind of can sympathize with him a little bit on that. At the same time, I understand that a quarterback, you know, with 300 pound dudes in his face trying to get a ball to that position perfectly thrown is very hard. I could never do it. I don't think I ever could do it in my life. I've never played football. So I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that Josh Allen sucks because he didn't do that but I could understand where Stefan Diggs is coming from. Yeah. I don't know. It's just such a consistent theme with like wide receivers. Now it's unbelievable. You just got to deal with it. I mean, that's, that's the nature of the personality of that position. And I don't agree with it either. I think it's ridiculous that these guys cry about not getting paid. They're, they're one of the highest paid positions in the league. You know, if you're, you're, you're among your best, you get the highest paid. Um, I, I'd argue more if, it was the running backs complaining because they're the ones that are getting shafted in terms of their pay in terms of, you know, compared to their production. But at the same time, I can understand where his frustration is because let's be honest, there's been some, some tension between those two for a little while now. It's not, this is not something new. So. I wonder if they're ever institute like an incentive thing where like, obviously like contracts and like, 
being like a frugal like GM and like team builder is obviously going to like always have like a spot in sports. But like, I wonder if there's ever going to get to a point in time where like incentives are more like widespread, like you get like X amount of points for or X amount of like uh, money for like a touchdown or like throwing for this many yards. Cause I think that like, I know the guaranteed money thing is like a thing for running backs that they're like signing these deals that like have no guaranteed money on them or they're going to get like froze out of the market. Cause like teams don't view them as like as valuable as they used to. So I don't know. I wonder if there will ever get to a place where like skilled position players will get like bait, like paid based on performance instead of like, like just, I guess technically past performance now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a decent segue into our next topic here because we can start start talking about the skill players all we want. Let, let's let's move on to uh, the, the game that we all really want to talk about here and we really want to start airing our grievances out a la Seinfeld here. The Patriots may not have any skill players. They may not have any on the offensive side of the ball, so none of them are going to be sitting here complaining about not getting paid. Let's be real. The Patriots got their asses handed to them again for the second week in a row. Something that I don't think any of us have really seen in our lifetime. I may have seen it when I was like nine years old, considering I'm a lot older than you two clowns. But old fuck. Exactly. <laughs> but let, let, let's be honest. A 34 to nothing shellacking of the Patriots at the hands of the New Orleans Saints in Gillette Stadium in front of the home crowd. I don't think I've ever seen a game at Gillette Stadium. At Gillette Stadium, mind you, you guys were old enough at that point when that stadium was built. I don't think I've ever seen a beatdown like that. And it was just something that uh, it spiraled out of control quick. And the Patriots don't have enough talent to be able to claw themselves back into a game that is spiraling that bad. It was a tough watch. It was a, it was a tough watch. I, I, let me get this off my chest before I turn it over to you, Joe, because I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I don't think I've ever seen something look so inept on, I don't want to say both sides of the ball because I, 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 I want to give the defense some benefits of the doubt here. They lost their two best defenders before this game in the last week in Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez. I still felt that they held their, their own, you know, for as much as they were required to play in this game in the short fields that they were required to take over on. But this offense, man, this offense, I was, and I'm going to go on record right now saying I was, big proponent that Billy O'Brien was going to fix a lot of this team's problems on offense. And I really truly believed that they were going to be a team that was going to be better than what people were talking about in, you know, the training camp, the off season, all that. I truly believed that they were going to be a team that was going to look, I don't want to say the same, but they were going to finish in the kind of the same ballpark in terms of a record that kind of, maybe they will be eight and nine, but maybe they will be 11 and six or 10 and seven. Maybe the coaching will steal a game or two. I am completely off of that now. I was wrong, and it has been absolutely brutal to watch this team in the last two weeks. It's probably been the probably been the worst two weeks that I have watched a Patriots football team play, and the you know in the twenty five 
years that I've been watching the Patriots. It's been absolutely brutal. They can't run the ball. They can't throw the ball. Their receivers can't get separation. When the receivers do get separation, the quarterback overthrows the receiver by five yards. It's just yeah. they look completely dysfunctional. And as as a Bill Belichick stand, I'm a guy that was Bill over Brady all the time. You keep Bill, you let the player walk because the coach will be here longer. And it seems like Bill Belichick has lost his grip on this team. Whether or not you want to blame Bill the coach or Bill the GM, I think they're both at fault here because the talent on the field doesn't resemble anything of an NFL team. They might be one of the worst teams in the league when all said and done. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. When it comes to the coaching side of it, they're still taking dumb penalties. They're still taking these uncharacteristic Patriot-type penalties, making these un. Patriot-like plays. The turnovers are brutal. And I'm going to leave it at this, and I'll turn it over to you, Joe, to get what you got to get off your chest here. I am out on Mac Jones. If, if he plays the rest of the year, fine. I understand why he's got to. But he is not the guy going forward. They Whether or not you can argue that they ruined him last year or he just was never had it to begin with, I am firmly out. I want a new quarterback. Joe, take it. Get, get it off your chest. Yeah, I guess I'll start with the Mac Jones. It's like you're, you hit the nail right on the head there. It's like it doesn't really matter if they ruined him or he never had it in the first place. It's just not going to work. I don't know if it's the marriage between him and Bill. I don't know if it's his lack of physical skill sets. I don't know if it's 100% the position they put him in, which is terrible objectively. Um, it's <clears throat> some of the most inept football I've seen played not by the Patriots, but it just in general, the last two weeks uh, on offense, um, it, it, they, it, I'm just looking at the box score here. Like they had 45 yards on the ground on less than three yards of carry. And they had 111 yards through the air. It's just like, that is at home. They had no red zone. They had absolutely, they didn't get to the red zone once and they had 20 minute time of possession. Like that is, that's coming an aptitude. It's fine. It's coming off the worst loss in the Bill Belichick era. Coming off that, that's how they responded to a brutal loss that we witnessed the week before. I, I don't know about you, but I think watching last week's game, I'm like, this is the low point. It can't get worse. It can't get worse than what we witnessed against Dallas down in in Dallas. Kojak was in attendance for that game, and I it feel got sorry worse. for you. Uh, it, it certainly did. It certainly did. We put and a battle donut. It, 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 if they had followed this performance up with having to play somebody like the Dolphins or the Bills or the Chiefs, I would have been like, okay, like product of the schedule. You know what I mean? They play the Saints, a team that was had their own offensive problems coming into this game. Derek Carr was throwing with half a shoulder in this game. And he only threw eight incompletions the whole game. He was out of the game in the fourth quarter because they were getting blown out. And again, I don't want to put this on the defense because the defense was already, you know, you had Jonathan Jones in there his first game of the year or second game. I can't remember if he played in the opener, but he got hurt. He was coming back from injury. It was the first game J.C. Jackson was back after he got traded. Let's be honest, the Saints really don't have – that great of weapons. I mean, Chris Olave is, you know, one of the receivers, you know, that you 
talked about in the preseason that was going to take that next step forward. He only had two catches in this game. He only had two catches. Got a touchdown, though. He did catch a touchdown. And they have, a, you know, an older rehabbed Michael Thomas, who I he doesn't do anything for me anymore. And he doesn't do anything for me, though. And like, but like the thing that, 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 that just concerned me, the Saints ran the ball 42 times in this game. 42 times they ran the ball. Alvin Kamara had 22. Kendra, Keandre Miller had 12. And then, you know, you had your Taysom Hill, Derek Carr, and Jameis Winston's kneel downs to, to, you know, to round out the stats. But they ran for 136 yards and a touchdown in this game. Like, make, make, make the team beat you where you think they're weak. And I think going into this week, the team was like, all right, we're going to make Derek Carr with his bum shoulder beat us. He, he he certainly did that, but they also didn't help themselves on the on the ground. And you know, we can just dissect this game forever. And I think this is more more a bigger picture type performance from this team. All right. And you know, again, I'm always been a Bill Belichick stan. I've been one that I've stood by him through the whole thing. And this was the year, or actually last year was the year, but we'll say this year, this year is the year I was like, all right, it's make or break for this guy. All right. He's over 70 years old. He's an old guy. He's not sticking around for the long term. And he's here to break the record for Shula. And I think, I think mm. we're starting to see a lot of that, that like, he's just kind of like, yeah, we're going to coast. We're going to win seven games a year. I'll get the record in three years and I'm going to go off into the sunset. I have a problem with that as a Patriots fan, I want to see something that, that is at least a product that I can actually make an appointment to watch on my TV. There, the Patriots are no longer like a, like, like a thing for me. And well, I say no longer, but like they will be, but they're not a team. Like I, I want to sit down and like, all right, we're going to have people over. We're going to watch the Pats play today. They're, they're no longer that. And I, mm. I knew that as an older guy, I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. I knew what we witnessed over the last 20 plus years was not sustainable past this regime but now I, I like watching them is like it's it's boring it's boring like i do it because like i want to i want to be able to vent about it on this podcast i want to be i'm a big football guy but at the end of the day like it's boring football it's boring football and until they get playmakers on the offensive side of the ball specifically because i think their defense if they lock up who they have they're going to be fine Defensively, they're going to be fine. Offensively, Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to cut it for me. It, 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 it seems as if the Patriots think it's like still, oh, no, dude. <laughs> Kojak, we're going to pause this, and you can just edit this out, all right? <laughs> Sounds good. All good. All good, Joe. You're good. You're good. Just 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 edit this whole this whole part yeah. out. And when when Joe sorry. picks when Joe picks up again, he can you can just start at that point. All right. I bet it's the God, I don't know. I want to say it's a cord, but it's probably, it's probably just a, it's probably just a USB cord he can probably buy. I think it's yeah. I think it's the adapter going in and out. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta do that. So he's gonna edit all this out when when we when we do this. So um, just pick up, 
pick up where we left off there. We were talking about like the town on the offense and, oh, yeah, yeah, and Bill yeah, Belichick. Yeah. So just, just, just go with it whenever you're ready. Just go with it. Yeah, I think you bring up the playmakers. I think it's such like that's like the pass catchers in the like the specifically the like wide receiver wide receiver position group. It's like it's such a it's such a microcosm of like both things that are going wrong, right? Like Bill can't draft and he can't like identify talent in free agency. You can just... keep going, keep. Yeah, I don't even I don't even want to anymore. <laughs> Should I just switch? No, you're good. Keep going. He was making a joke. No, he was making a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. It's a poorly timed joke, you dig? Right, sorry, yeah. sorry, my bad. No, 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 no. I <laughs> it's me. I'm just pissed off. Um, yeah, I think the you, you talk about uh, pass catchers and, and playmakers. It's just a microcosm. The receiver group in New England is just a microcosm of Bill's shortcomings as a GM. He has a tough time picking skill players in the draft, and he has a tough time identifying them. Um, on the open market, like he gave Juju the exact same contract that uh, Jacoby Myers has, and you can even see last night when he's balling out for the Raiders. Like that pisses me a, off the most. That pisses juxta- me off the most. Juxtapose that to like what Juju does in this offense. It's like it's 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 pitiful. It's there's nothing. There's no there's no positive. There's not there's absolutely no positive you can take from these last two games. There's not a single positive thing that you can take from the last two games if you're a Patriots fan. Seventy eight to three. Like it's. It's there's nothing that you can't you can't take anything positive from that, especially when it looks the way it does. It starts bad, it ends bad, the middle's bad, everything's bad. It's all bad. I do hey, we get Tyquan Thornton back though, so <sighs> Yeah, I don't even know about that. I don't even want to talk about that. I'm on that. the pod, Tyquan, if you think if you're if you're if you're out there. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. You know, it, it's 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 just one of those things like do you think I'm gonna ask I'm gonna pose this question to both of you. Joe, you can go first here. Do you think there is a scenario in New England that Bill Belichick will come back as just a coach and remove no. his ability to pick the groceries? No? Absolutely not. Even no. if he wants to, even if he wants the record, no chance. I don't know. If he would have done it, it would have happened by now. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it would have happened yet. I, I, I think it would have. It was going to take to be this bad. For that to happen, and well, I don't think you can just yeah. You got to do something drastic. You can't just like change one thing. Like I'm, it's so I, broken. I, I'm just still sending to Tennessee. We'll take Mike Vrabel. <laughs> I'm still I'm still on uh, yeah. I'm still on this, and uh, I may be in the minority here, but I still think Bill has it as a coach, as a strictly a coach. Dude, they I get think, pantsed every week, dude. No, he does not have it as a coach. Anymore. I think he, he does. If he had it as a coach, we the offensive line would look some somewhat representative. If he had it as a coach, like we wouldn't have we wouldn't have the Cowboys doing trick plays on us after like we 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 figure out this new groundbreaking way to block a field goal. Like I just don't think that like he can't he can't hack it. He lost his fastball. He might be a good CEO and maybe like president of football operations, but he shouldn't be picking players. He shouldn't be coaching players. Like it's just we have you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting it to change. Like he's gonna somebody could be drafted and he's gonna bench them for some dumbass reason anyway. Like it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter. It's it's oh I'm so mad. I'm so fucking mad, dude. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna disagree a little bit with you there. I'm gonna disagree a little bit with you there. I think that he has too much on his plate for a guy that is 70 plus years old and is kind of trying to ride into the sunset. I do believe that he 
still has the ability to come up with a scheme and a game plan to limit the oppose uh, the opponent's strengths. I, I still believe he has that. And whether or not you, you, you agree with his coaching, you know, his assistance and all of his personnel decisions, I'll agree with you on that hundred percent of the time. But if he is strictly my head coach and he is there to just be the guy to oversee the operation with guys that know what they're doing, I still believe that he can be that guy in a game. I, at the same time, but like, he just can't, like he can't put a staff together. Like he had to be forced into an offensive coordinator. Like he just, he put, he put the, 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 the franchise's most valuable asset in a compromised position last year. Like you can't, you can't have, I agree. you can't, you just need to get him away. You just need to get the stink. You need to get the fingerprints. You need to just, you need to do something totally different. You need I, to do something totally different. You I, cannot, uh, he won't. First of all, I don't think he will. To answer your question, I'm so fired up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> like, to, go with it. To answer to answer your question, to answer your question, like there's no way he comes back as just the coach and the GM. Like some dumbass organization out there, like Tampa Bay or Las Vegas, will bring him in as a head coach and just have him break the record for the pop. And like I think Kraft needs to grow some balls and actually assess his football team. If you're just there to ride off into the sunset, just like Bill, dude, yeah, congrats. We went five and twelve three years in a row, and there was forty eight people to watch Bill Belichick break the record at home. Like it's it's just unbelievable that like they, they got to this point. Like they they pushed out the greatest North American sports athlete of all time with absolutely no plan, no plan whatsoever to fill his shoes. And it's not like anybody's gonna fill his shoes, right? No. How about you actually go like go balls deep in the draft instead of just picking the scraps left over? It might have not been that draft, but fuck it. If they had if they had Trey Lance or Justin Fields or like one of the other, they could try to like maybe just move on from him instead of being middling like they are with Mac or doing these half measures like they are with Bill O'Brien. Like Kraft comes in and he's like, okay, I'll spend it on an OC, but it's like, dude, it doesn't matter. We could have, we could have, we could like have Tom Landry come out of retirement and be our, I mean, um, Bill Walsh come out of retirement and be our OC and it won't, it won't matter, dude. It won't matter. It, it doesn't matter. We don't have the horses. It's all, it's all interconnected. And once you have to fucking cut the head off of the snake to make a difference. All right. I'm done talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> great rant uh you know we could spend a whole podcast talking about all this we really could we really could go back and forth on this because i think we have we share a lot of the same the same uh same points but we disagree on a little bit too and i think we could spend a whole podcast on this but uh we'll we'll, we'll wrap the patriots talk for this week on this here and uh you know we'll see what I happens segue. i got a we'll, segue we'll, we'll go for it take it away man so I want to move on to a team that the Patriots should be or any team should be modeling themselves after, even though they lost this weekend. There's two teams. There's uh, the Texans and Falcons game. Uh, we got Tex uh, Texans 19, Falcons 21. Um, this is one of our games that we picked last week. It ended up being a push. Uh, the two things I want to talk about are the two young QBs. Dude, even though they lost, dude, CJ Stroud still frigging – dude, he's still – He's still impressing me every week, dude. He even drove down and they scored that touchdown before uh, Desmond Ritter came back with another friggin' uh, game-winning uh, drive to kick a field goal there. Um, dude, they're, <laughs> both teams have young pass catchers starting from Kyle Pitts, and then you have like the deluge of young pass catchers and young running backs. We talked about that last week on the uh, Texans. And he just – CJ Stroud, he just exudes confidence. I think the, the team's bought in. I think 
If you look at the Patriots, I mean, they have Gerard Mayo in waiting. D'Amico Ryans is a beloved member of their franchise, and he's got those guys absolutely flying around. He's got the right guy. He's got some guy from Shanahan's tree out in, out in San Francisco running his offense with a young quarterback. And he has a young dual threat running back. And like we talked about the pass catchers, like it's just that's how you want to do it. Dude, they scored 19 points, dude. I don't care, dude. They got points when they needed to. In the fourth quarter, when the game was on the line, they went down and put their team in a position to win the game. You don't like sometimes that's all you need from a rookie quarterback. And like if you can get a defense that's good enough, you can win games that way. And that's kind of like how the Falcons are doing it right now. Um, they're a great home team. They got a young defense. They got a they got a young offense that can move the ball. That has a couple dynamic pass catchers in Pitts and London. I mean, it, it wasn't the prettiest game to watch. It wasn't the most high scoring game. But like, if you wanna if you wanna see two teams that are on the way up, I think this is where you come. I mean, they they have everything. They have innovative young coaches. They have they have good young uh, good young quarterbacks. Good young pass catchers. A lot of draft capital spent on defense as well. Um, I don't know. I just. It was a. I was kind of keeping tabs on this game, and then I went back and watched it. But I think uh, I think these are two teams that kind of like play for their coach, and they're they're going to be feisty going forward. Yeah, I, I I won't disagree with you at all on that. I mean, we were on record last week saying we love CJ Stroud going forward. You know, for the Houston Texans, and I, it, you know, say what you want about them, they're, they're putting up a fight, and you know, they may not make the playoffs, they may not make a lot of noise this year, but I I, I agree with you with the Texans. They're on they're on the up and up. There, I'm not sold on Desmond Ritter, you know, in Atlanta. Uh, you know, he had a good day. He had a good day against the Texans this week. Uh, he's not a guy that I, I, that screams a franchise quarterback to me just yet. Again, could be proven Hasn't wrong. Hasn't lost a home game since he was in high school. I know, I know. I, it's still, it's still though. I, I, I who I, keeps I, those stats? I need to see more. I need to see more from him. But to your point, this team has both those. Both these teams have talent on the offensive side of the ball and you know cj stroud continues to impress me you know as a dynasty fantasy football owner of cj stroud i'm very happy to see what i've seen i makes me think that i can make some moves to get my quarterback jalen hurts out sooner than later because of what cj stroud is showing we'll see we'll see how the season progresses from here uh but you know i mean they're in atlanta and uh Houston are investing in that offensive side of the ball. Like we, we talked about last week about the running game for Houston. We talked about what they brought in for their, for their pass catches with Dalton Schultz, the guys they've drafted in Nico Collins and tank Dell. Um, you know, we've, we've seen that. And then we talk about Atlanta. They draft a high, they make a high pick on Bijan Robinson. It seems like it's going to be a massive hit. You know, once they start He's giving so him the ball, good. 100% of the times. He actually had less carries in this game than than Tyler Algier, which is kind of surprising to me uh, a little bit, but I you know, I get why they're why they're doing it. Um, you know, you look at the receivers, they have Kyle Pitts, who was a very high pick for a tight end. I think he was the highest picked tight end ever in the NFL draft. You look at Drake London that they have there as well, another high draft pick uh, for receiver, a promising young wide receiver. And then you have, uh, you know, the, the, the lovely Patriots cast off John Smith catching six passes for 67 yards. He was a guy that I was so pumped when the Patriots drafted him or signed him a few years ago. He was my number one tight end target. And obviously he didn't work out here for what one reason or another. He didn't work out, but he seems to be acclimating to that offense uh, down in Atlanta just nicely. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. 
Uh, again, I'm uh, Houston's a team on the up and up. I'm still firmly in the camp that give me CJ Stroud over Anthony Richardson. Uh, we had this debate last week on our first episode on the pod, and you know CJ Stroud's out there balling out, and Anthony Richardson is hurt again. The best ability is availability. I still want to echo that, and you know, say what you want about both of them, but give me CJ Stroud all day. Um, it'll be interesting to see where, you know, next week goes, uh, with these two teams. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm a buyer, I'm a buyer on these Texans. You know, I want to see them make noise in the AFC South, a division that is very, very much up for grabs with, you know, you got the Colts, you got the, the Jaguars and the Titans and the Texans down there. I think the Titans are on the way down. The Colts are kind of one of those teams that you're kind of like, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, you're going to be playing yeah. with Gardner Minshew going forward, and but I'm excited to see what see see where it goes from there. You know, I I'm I'm very 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 intrigued with 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 CJ Stroud going forward. Uh, he's I think he's going to be the real deal. Um, just got something to make your blood boil. Uh, in 14 games last year with New England, Johnny Smith had 245 receiving yards. In five games this year with Atlanta, Johnny Smith has 246 receiving yards. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, anyway, you look at it. Um, but no, I think I can I can echo what you said. I think the uh, I think both teams have a promising future, and I think uh, C.J. Stroud still hasn't thrown a pick yet. Still hasn't thrown a pick yet. It must be nice to have a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. Absolutely, um, absolutely, and you know, I, I, I'm going to take my opportunity to segue here for you. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, another high draft pick quarterback that 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 played this week, and that was Bryce Young playing against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions played this week. Let's be honest. I mean, you can say what you want about Bryce Young, but those Detroit Lions are for real. They're for real this year. I like them. Um, you know, they, they, they seem to be firing all cylinders. Joe, what do you think about that game that, that, that occurred between the, uh, the Panthers and the lions, the lions fuck so hard, dude, they're so fun to watch. It's, it's so, I don't know why it's so fun to me to watch like a team that like gives a shit play. Like they play so hard. And I think the revival of, uh, of Jared Goff, I think he was like 20 of 27. Like he looks like a different guy. Um, unbelievable. I think, yeah, they've got, they've got the they, dude. And I was looking at, he was like throwing it. He's got like eight guys with receptions. He's got, uh, I just think that they started, they ran the ball like crazy yesterday. It seems like whoever they put behind that offensive line produces. And I think that kind of goes, you can kind of see that a lot around the league, like the, uh, like the 49ers and what used to be the, the Cowboys running game last year. It's all these good, it's all these good offensive lines. I mean, they could take you pretty far. And then it seems like Jared Goff has gotten his shit together. So I don't know if he's still the quarterback that can put you over the top and win a Super Bowl, but dude, they're dangerous. They're going to be good. I think they're going to be there. I think they'll probably be if 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 they don't make the playoffs or if they don't win a game in the playoffs, I'd be pretty surprised. That team's legit. Absolutely, they're kind of the team that I'm kind of like. All right, my Patriots suck. I'm kind of hopping on the bandwagon. They're a team that like that you know. The Detroit Lions history has not been good since the NFL has been formed. And, you know, it's one of those teams, you know, with their head coach. I laughed at that initial press conference when he's talking about breaking kneecaps and, and, oh, and taking a bite out of somebody's kneecap. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I laughed at that at the time. I'm like, this guy's a joke. But, man, 
he can get those guys to play for him. I mean, look what he's done with 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 Jared Goff. A guy cast off that. Mm. I think when that trade happened, you know, involving Matthew Stafford with the Lions and the Rams, I was like, Jared Goff's going to be there a year, maybe two, and he's going to be. They're going to draft a quarterback, and he's going to be on his way out. They have committed to him, and they have surrounded him with with pieces that work. All right, they they won this game forty two to twenty four against Carolina without their top wide receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown. He was hurt. They also lost it without their second, you know, the the second running back to to David Montgomery and J- Jahir Gibbs. They they, they 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 he was out too, and you know, seeing what they did and being able to just dominate in this game, and they they've done it. They've proven it. I, I think they, through five weeks, they're four and one. I think they're they're easily the favorites to win that division up there in the uh, I think is the NFC North. And I, I, I'm all in, I'm going to, I'm going to follow them for the rest of the year and see, see what happens. I, you know, I wanted them to make the playoffs last year. I loved what they did to green Bay last year when they knocked them out of the playoffs by beating them in that last week and, you know, knocking Aaron Rodgers out of it. I, they're just a team that, that, that screams to me that you could, I, I, a casual fan can get behind a team that hasn't won in forever. You know, they're doing the right things. They got to cast off quarterback they got Very a cast off team. running back. Extremely likable team. It, it's it's great. It's great to watch. And I really hope that they can continue this as the year goes on. Um, you know, Bryce Young threw two picks in this game. CJ Stroud still hasn't thrown one, like you said. Did he, still, did he th- throw two or three? I thought he, he threw, threw three. Uh, he threw two. Okay. He threw two. He threw two. And you know, oh, he here, threw three touchdown passes. Though. That's he did throw three thought. Yeah, we will say that. He did throw three touchdown passes, but he did turn the ball over twice and obviously you couple that with a fumble from miles sanders that was lost that's three turnovers in a game your offense can't you know your team can't really overcome that really really elite teams might be able to overcome that and the panthers aren't that Hmm. yeah and it's funny how they it comes out during the week that they're looking for a uh, a number one wide receiver to help their young quarterback, and Adam Thielen comes out and goes for eleven catches for almost one hundred and ten <laughs> yards. And you have your you have your you have your young quarterback like turning the ball over left and right. So he's probably like, yeah, who is who is this really a number one wide receiver issue, or is this a uh, my quarterback is still going through some growing pains kind of issue? I don't want to I don't want to write him off just yet. I think he has a lot to learn. Um, in the pocket. I think that his pocket presence could probably use a little work. Um, He's kind of, he kind of looks a little small. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was, I know it was a concern coming out, but some players play small. Like I never thought Drew Brees like looks, looks small out there, but he always, he never played small. Um, So when you're kind of, when you're looking at a small quarterback, I always try to see if there's any kind of Drew Brees in them, which is like ability to throw like different arm, arm angles, ability to move around the pocket to find like a good throwing lane, like very accurate ability to throw, like I said, ability to throw different arm angles in different like parts of the field. So I don't want to write them off just yet, but yeah, the, the lines, (laughs) the lines are so fun, dude. They were, the lines were uh, four for four in the red zone too. And they, it's, I don't know, man, it's just, it's a fun. It's a fun team. It's a fun team to watch. They run the ball. They throw the ball. They play good defense. They try hard. I mean, there's not much. There's not much to pitch about if you're a Detroit fan right now. Absolutely, and it's you know it's 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 nice to see that city get that. They they've been so bad for so long. They went through the you know the the winless season and all that, you know, years back. And it, it really is good to see you know this team. And they were they were a likable group last year. I was like. Even last year, I was like, "Let's let's go, Detroit!" Like, I'm 
I'm going to buy into this. And obviously they missed the playoffs, you know, in the last couple of weeks of the season, but seeing, seeing what they're doing now after last year and building on that, you know, say what you want about tank Campbell, like being the PC principal from South park or, you know, you know, you know, what have you, but like, he's got those guys playing for him. He's like, a seems like he, he's a true players coach and he's got his guys bought in They're They're playing for him and they're playing at a very high level. And they, again, they did this without two of two, two significant pieces, I would say for their offense. You know, I'm going Brown has been a catch machine since he, you know, since last year and he came into the league. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible to see it. And, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be on that bandwagon the whole way and, you know, we, you know, we'll see what happens and let, 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 let's, let's move on. I, we've talked enough about this here. Let's move on to the, to the, to the last game we want to talk about from last week here. And that's the Bengals and the Cardinals. All right. Bengals get right game. We can call it that. You know, they seem to, you know, kind of get their get their shit in order from from, you know, what's been going on there in the last the first four weeks of the season. There was a lot going on in this game. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow seemed to act, you know, play like he's he's back. It seems like he might be fully healthy at this point. Um, same with Jamar Chase. I mean, my God, what a day from Jamar Chase in this game. The Bengals ended up winning 34 to 20 over the one and four Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals have been a team that I feel this year has, obviously they're not, they don't have it. They're their team. That's in transition. They don't have their starting quarterback healthy at this point, but they seem to be giving fights to a lot of these teams that, you know, maybe you didn't expect that to happen as, as, as the year started. Jamar Chase goes off in this game for 15 receptions, 192 yards and three touchdowns. Like welcome back. Yeah. All you, all those guys, that, all you guys that took him as your, you know, your first or second pick in the uh, fantasy football draft, you're finally saying thank you at this point. Um, they seem to be firing, and th- th- this Bengals team, they're still going to be a team that's going to be cause problems. I mean, we're only we're only five weeks into the year. We play, you know, there's 18 weeks in the NFL season. I still think they're going to make noise for that division. I mean, after what you know, Pittsburgh gave the Ravens this week with that, you know, that last last few minute win over the Ravens there. I, I, I still like the, I still like the Bengals. It's nice to see them with a get right game again, against a, a, a team that I would say as subpar talent compared to them, obviously. Um, but they, they took advantage of this. They took advantage of it. And I, I, I personally think that they're, that, that they're back. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know if I want to go that far because the Cardinals suck, but they are feisty. They do try hard. We talk about that try hard factor. But, um, yeah, Cincinnati, I mean, it's a get right for a lot of people. I mean, Joe Burrow was moving around the best I've seen him since probably two years ago. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that him getting right and finding that chemistry with Jamar Chase is obviously a huge theme, obviously a huge thing for that team's success. Um and I think that they, they ran the ball 30 times today. So they had some decent balance, uh, decent balance between run and pass. Uh, they committed to the run. They got Joe Mixon involved early. And then they just peppered their number one wide receiver until, in, until the other team pretty much gave up. I mean, it's a pretty decent formula when you have the players to do it. But I still have some concerns about Zach Taylor. Um, 
it's just sometimes the dude they have so much effing talent on that offense, dude. They have a top five quarterback, a top five wide receiver, and an arguably top five running back. Like they should be a lot better than they are. Uh, I know that T. Higgins is hurt. I don't think he played today. Um, but I mean, dude, you have one, two, three, four receivers with over four receptions. Three of those receivers had six, and two of them had eight or more. Like, dude, they have they have the pass catchers. Joe Burrow is the guy. It's just Zach, I'm not I'm just not 100 percent sold on Zach Taylor yet. I know he went to a Super Bowl, but I mean, <laughs> it's just ever since ever since people kind of figured out that they kind of just run vertical routes with Jamar Chase and try to hit deep plays. Like, I mean, they, dude, they scored 34 points and they were only in the. Uh, only in the only in the red zone three times so no yeah absolutely and i've had my concerns about jack uh zach taylor uh you know going a few years back i'm like this guy's just a fucking puppet i thought he was a puppet playing with a bunch of talent and you know i mean he did take this his team to the super bowl and there were a couple big wins in the playoffs over the last couple years over you know the chiefs and all that um i i have my concerns about him but given what that division has to offer, you know, you have the Cleveland Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers are still a mess despite their win this past week. And the Ravens have their own, their own set of problems. You know, you know, John Harbaugh is a good coach there. So I think they're going to be, you know, in the conversation, but I, I still like Cincinnati. Maybe this was that, that, that point in the season where they're, they're like, all right, the season started. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's start moving on here. And I, I, I still like them to, to, to find a way to win the division after their slow start. I think maybe facing that adversity that they saw in these first, you know, four weeks is going to be good for them in the long run. You know, good teams with talent find a way to, you know, win games after a start like that. We've seen it here in New England time and time again, where in September they're, they're just, they're a two and two team or they're like, oh, we, we, the sky's falling here in New England. You know, when Tom Brady was here with, with Bill and, you know, all those teams that we saw happen over the last decade. And the same thing happened was they were always there in the in, in the playoffs making noise. Whether or not they got to the Super Bowl or not, different story. But they were always there and they were always going to make noise. And I kind of I, – I don't want to say I have that feeling about Zach Taylor in this team, but, like, the talent on the roster makes me think that if they stay healthy, that they're going to be kind of in that – that, that kind of same conversation, if that makes sense. I don't know if you feel the same way there, but I, 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 yeah. I still like them to win that division. I totally, I totally agree with your logic of like how you get to that point. Like they definitely, the, the amount of talent they have, especially in the areas where they have it. I mean, don't forget they have Trey Hendrickson, who's like an, an elite pass rusher, elite defensive lineman. Um, mm-hmm. So Absolutely. yeah, I, I I think it's it's kind of it would be kind of silly to not uh, kind of assume that they'll be there at the end of the year just based. I mean, Burrow's that dude. I mean, once he gets healthy, once he gets once he feels a little bit better, um, I think that uh, I, I think that the team will obviously go as he goes. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I think that was the last game we wanted to get to. I want to jump into our gambling picks just because. Um, we did awesome last week, so I'll, uh, I'll take the helm on this one. So as a, uh, as a group, as a group last week, we went, uh, four, one and one. Um, so just to recap our picks, Burge had two picks. He had, um, uh, Indy minus one, which cashed, uh, Gardner Minshew fan club chairman Burge. And then he had the worst pick. Of all time, uh, until next week, 
Uh, yeah, the Pats minus one and a half. We missed that number by uh, 35 and a half points. So Brutal. tough loss on Brutal. that one. So uh, one and zero with his lock, which was Indy. Uh, but uh, one and one on the day, indeed. Uh, get to my picks, ended up going 3 0 and 1. Uh, I love CJ Stroud, but uh, that push was tough. I thought they were gonna pull that one out. Um, but I had Houston, um, uh, plus two, which ended up being a push, Jets plus two, which was a win. I also gave out the Jets money line, which would have paid rent if you had the balls. Um, 49ers <laughs> minus three and a half. We knew that game was going to be a beat down. I don't know. After you go out there and kill a lamb, it's going to be hard, kind of hard to go out and kill a lion. Uh, like the Niners are, uh, Cowboys going against the Pats and the Niners back to back weeks, uh, gets me to my lock, uh, Eagles minus four. This game was terrifying in the beginning where it looked like Puka was going to absolutely abuse the shit mm-hmm. out of the, uh, Philadelphia secondary, um, I think I, while I do think that the Rams are still good, I think that they could be a sneaky, sneaky dark horse in the NFC. Uh, my pick still hit my uh, Eagles minus four. <laughs> um, so I'll throw it back to you before I start talking the whole time here, Burge. What do you got for your lock? And then maybe if you want to give out another pick as well. So I got three picks this week and we'll see what happens. Obviously I was one and one last week. We'll see what happens. So I'll go, I'll lead with uh, my first pick uh, going off of the unofficial, unofficial sponsor, no sponsorship here. DraftKings Sportsbook here in New Hampshire. Uh, I'm going to go with the bears plus 2.5 against the Minnesota Vikings. I, I, the Vikings I think are in complete disarray here. And obviously we saw what, Justin Fields and DJ Moore put on display last week, uh, you know, in their game. I, I just think maybe something might be clicking. I think it's it's a it's a a couple of weeks here where we've seen them kind of connect. Maybe it didn't result in the win or loss column for the Bears, but I, I just think that the the Vikings are in complete disarray. Justin Jefferson heading to IR, RIP my fantasy team. Pain, pain, pain. Um, I just I, I like the Bears here. They're at home. They're at home against the Vikings when they play at one o'clock on Sunday. So uh, my first pick is going to be the Bears plus two and a half against against the Vikings. Uh, next pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy on the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars here, going minus four against the Indianapolis Colts. The Jacksonville Jaguars are at home. They're coming off a big win after their two week stay in London. Um, I like to see them build on that. I like to see Calvin Ridley, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk, that whole offensive unit continue to, to, to kind of go to keep moving forward. Um, if I was going to have any kind of, you know, hedge or apprehension on this pick, it's the Jaguars offensive line. That seems like they want to get Trevor Lawrence killed every week when, you know, they're out there. He got sacked a bunch, a couple t- fumble turnovers and big spots, as we talked about earlier in the pod. Uh, in London against Buffalo this past week, but you know, give me the Jaguars. I uh, they they were my pick to win that division all you know all off season. So I, I want to see them assert themselves a little bit in that AFC South uh, by picking up a big division win at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, Anthony Richardson is not going to be playing for the for for the for the Colts. It's going to be Gardner Minshew Minshew Mania, but you know. We'll see what happens, but I, I, I'm going to be all all aboard the Jacksonville Jaguars train uh, minus four uh, at home against the Colts. And my lock for the week this this may go 
against what I was saying earlier in the podcast, but Monday night football, Dallas Cowboys on the road against the LA Chargers. They are currently minus two to win that game on the road in LA. Uh, the, the, the Cowboys seem to kind of bounce back when they kind of get their asses handed to them. And, you know, the Chargers always find a way to screw it up. I have zero faith in Brandon Staley to kind of win a game for that team to help help out his quarterback, Herbert, and, you know, on, on top of all the other talent they have on that on that team there. Uh, I know L.A. is coming off a bye, I believe, this week, but I have no, no faith in Brandon Staley to, to, to kind of close out a, a big game. Obviously, they're going to be in the national spotlight on Monday Night Football. I like I like the Cowboys to rebound there. I don't I don't foresee them not being able to run the ball like they did this past week against the Chargers. And uh, yeah, so Cowboys minus two is my lock, my lock for the week. Joe, turn it over to you. All right, I'll start where I directly disagree with one of your picks. Um, <laughs> you picked the you had the Chicago plus two and a half. I'm gonna go Minnesota money line on that. I feel like. The, uh, this is a classic situation of one team being undervalued and one team being overvalued. Um, so if you think about it now, uh, teams usually get like a half a point to a point for being at home. It used to be like it's like two and a half to three, but travel's gotten so much easier mm-hmm. and all they, they do chartered flights now and all the private flights. So this is probably right around a field goal. Um, and uh, like in real odds, like if this was played at a neutral site, which I feel like, dude, the Vikings, even without Justin Jefferson, are a far superior team to the to the Chicago Bears. Um, so that's why I'm going to pick a money line right now. Ja- uh, DraftKings has oh, – right as I try to look at it. Uh, DraftKings has them at um, – here we go. DraftKings has them at uh, minus one thirty-five, so I will take uh, I will take just the money line there at uh, minus one thirty-five. So um, then, my other pick that I like this week is uh, the Bengals minus uh, lane three at home. Um, Almost what they're was that playing. One? Yeah, they're playing the Seahawks. Uh, Geno Smith is kind of banged up. That offense really hasn't looked looked too great. Your mic is um, fucked. I didn't, I didn't even do anything to it either. So just we'll we'll just edit this out, and we'll um, we'll we'll start with his uh, pick it up where he starts talking about the Seahawks and the Bengals because he worked he worked well for him up until he started talking about the Bengals. Not a good sign. All right, can you hear me? You're good. You're yeah, good. Yeah, so a lot better. Action. Just, just start just start talking about the uh the Bengals and the Seahawks. Start right there. All right. I and then another pick I like this week is the uh Bengals at home lane three versus Seattle. Um I feel like this number, like I said, it's if you're go if you're getting a half a point or a point for being at home and they're at plus, uh, they're at minus three. I feel like Cincinnati's extremely undervalued here. Hopefully they get uh hopefully they get T. Higgins back. We'll just further prove my point here that they have too much talent to fail. Um, Geno Smith like is it. banged up. Seahawks offense hasn't been great all year, so I like the uh, Bengals minus three. And then my lock of the week is going to be <laughs> this is a classic: just ride the dogs until they die, ride the horse until it dies. Uh, San Francisco minus five and a half in Cleveland. Uh, Deshaun Watson's banged up. Cleveland, uh, do they suck? I don't know. 
Uh, they might, <laughs> but the uh, the San Francisco is two and zero on the road. They're four and one against against the spread in their last ten games. Uh, I want the um, I want San Fran minus five and a half for my lock of the week. Solid, All right, solid, Co, you gonna Co, you want to give us a loss for us? Give us that lock, <laughs> loss lock. <laughs> I'll give you a nice easy one that'll uh um obviously pay your fucking bills. Um is Eagles minus seven. The Jets have never in the history of their life beaten the Eagles, and the Eagles are obviously storming everybody right now. Um Is that true? What yeah, the Jets never have beat, never beaten the Never, never not once. Really? That's crazy. Damn. Yeah, I, I don't know, know why you want CJ Stroud as your uh, fantasy QB over Jalen Hurts either, Burge. He said that shit earlier, and I was kind of dumbfounded. But I didn't say I wanted you. him now. I'm saying in the future. Oh. Dynasty. But. Dynasty. It's all about the years to come. The years to come. You dig? You dig. Oh, yeah, you dig. <laughs> Dude, the Phillies, yeah. That and Christian yeah. McCaffrey anytime TD. He's scored the past 23 games in a row. Like it. So. I like it. I like it. Oh shit! I do like that pick. Well, we're gonna have we're anytime gonna have a fun, TD. We're gonna have a fun conversation next week uh, about this uh, this Bears Vikings game. One of us is gonna be right. One of us is gonna be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I would be shocked if the Chicago beats the Vikings. Actually, yes. I don't know. They don't got Jefferson. Yeah, Justin anymore. Da Bears. Da Bears. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, hopefully right. I don't know. I yeah, I just feel like that two and a half number is just shockingly low. I just don't. I if, I don't know. Obviously, the casinos are a lot smarter than I am. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's why they take our money, right? Well, I think this is a good time to plug it up here. Um, again, we're we're we are breaking the plane. We are in uh, in partnership with Primetime Productions. So give them all follow on Twitter. Give us all a follow on Twitter as well. Give the uh, give the podcast a follow at BTP underscore podcast underscore. We're on Twitter. Don't hesitate to send us your questions. Uh, we'll answer them on the pod. We'll fit them in for you. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll continue going forward. Looking forward to next week. Joe and I will have a nice conversation about our Bears-Vikings pick. And I'm sure, knowing my track record, I'll be wrong. I'm usually wrong. So, if you're going to bet somebody, bet Joe. Don't bet me because I'm usually wrong in the some capacity. Jew. The juicy Jew. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's all, you know, you guys got any final thoughts? No, give me a follow on Twitter just to have fun with your keyboard at the underscore juicy Jew. Um, no, I uh, looking forward to next week. I think there's a there's a couple divisional matchups. There's a couple uh, there's a couple high, uh, high profile matchups that I want to keep tabs on. So um, I don't know. I get. Uh, I think it's gonna be another great week of watching football, and I can't wait back. Can't wait to report back here. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be bitching about the Patriots again next week. So if you're if you if you're Patriots fans, you want you want an outlet to to come in and 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 listen to us bitch and complain and be right there with you again. Don't hesitate to tune in. Uh, or if you know, you're a fan of the other 31 teams and you're fine and you want to hear us actively get our comeuppance, uh, also another great place to come for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Any final thoughts, Kojak, over there? Nothing. Let's, Let's roll. Let's roll. All right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Have a good week. See you guys.